Welcome back to The Bracketologist. I am your host, Ben Walnick, back here with my good friend, Stephen Levy. Stephen, how's it going? Yo, yo, yo. We did ice cream flavors as one of our first episodes. We are now doing John Williams movie scores. Um, we've done a lot with movies. We've done movie trilogies. We've done Harry Potter movies. We've done Spielberg movies. We've done Star Wars movies. Uh, we haven't done anything involved with movies other than literally ranking the movie itself. And music is so very important, especially a movie score in some of these epic films um, that make them memorable and make them really click. Um, John Williams, probably the most known um, and likely the best ever to do it. But there's some other names out there, Stephen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Hans Zimmer, he did Dark Knight trilogy, The Pirates of the Caribbean. You got your Danny Elfman, he did Beetlejuice and the original Batman series and Men in Black. Howard Shore, he's known for The Lord of the Rings and such of the movies like that. Uh, James Horner, he did Titanic, Avatar, Mask of Zorro. And then uh, a guy that I really like a lot, uh, Michael Giacchino, he's been doing a ton of those Pixar movies like Up and The Incredibles. He's He does Jurassic World. So those are some other guys that I think deserve a shout out. But the man of the hour and the big man on campus is John Williams. So... Why are we qualified to talk about John Williams movie scores and music in general? Um, look, we're not experts by any means, but we both were in band. You were brass, I was woodwinds, saxophone, tuba, mm -hmm. and you played sousaphone in marching band, and you even went through college at KU in the band, correct? Correct. And we, being in band has really given me and you as well a love for music and uh, as Expand, I would say expanded the types of music that we listen to. I, I listen to a lot of classical music and a lot of film scores. And I remember we would be, we would drive around in high school listening to John Williams film scores in our, in our goofy little cars or whatever. That's how dorky we were. I actually had a CD and the name of the CD was The Best of Harrison Ford. And it was movies that Harrison Ford was in, but it was movie scores. So it was yeah. like Witness... But then it was like all the Indiana Jones movies, each individual movie and individual tracks, including Star Wars movies as well. Obviously, it was mm -hmm. on Solo. Um, so we got a lot of John Williams on that CD. Yeah. Um, look, he's probably the best to ever do it. There's a long list of awards. He's nominated for 52 Academy Awards. That's second only to Walt Disney. Um, he won five. He's won four Golden Globes, seven BAFTAs. That's basically the British version of the Academy Awards, 25 Grammys. Um, the AFI selected Star Wars A New Hope as the number one score of all time. That's why Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy, is our number one overall seed. Steven, there's a few songs that didn't make the list. I tried to always pick things that were nominated for something. And look, we could have done a six, 64 movies, honestly. He's yeah. done a lot. Um, we've narrowed this down to 28. Uh, a few that didn't make the list that you want to mention. Yeah, uh, JFK, he did the score for that. I think that came out in like 91, uh, Oliver Stone movie. Seven Years in Tibet, uh, I loved that film score. I love that score a lot, uh, but I, I understand it's not here. Angel's Ashes, he did the score for that. And then one thing that's not a movie that I love dearly by John Williams is Anything and Everything Olympics. Yes, and uh, that'll be a different podcast with music involving sports. Mm -hmm. Um so we're only doing movie scores, which is why his he's got two really famous Olympic fanfares. Um, so for another day. So let's jump into it. Again, how the Bracketologist works. I will ultimately make the decision as Steven's um, job to convince me of how he wants uh, the matchup to go. We have 28 movies, uh, movie scores. So the top four will all get a buy real quickly. The top four, the original Star Wars trilogy, E.T., Extraterrestrial, Indiana Jones trilogy, and Jaws. Um, so we won't talk about those in the first round. We're going to go to our number five overall seed, which is Jurassic Park, which we will play some of these songs in the background. It's very, very soft. This is obviously not the main theme. Jumping to the main theme, um, it's just gets you hype. I love the Jurassic Park theme. I think overall, it's definitely deserving of being in the top five to top 10. Um, and it's got kind of two or three different distinct moments um, in the main title sequence. Obviously, the more quiet piano, and this is more the welcome to Jurassic Park mm -hmm. um, 
excitement. This is going up against the number 28 overall seed, which um, I played just before we started, and uh, Steven couldn't name it. Um, that's because... Look, it's not one of his best. It's not one of Spielberg's best. AI artificial intelligence is our 28 overall seed. Um, I don't want to listen to it anymore. It's, it's... Neither do I. <laughs> um, real quick about Jurassic Park. Yep. This this is my most favorite movie of all time, my number one. Uh, and the, the score that goes with this film is part of that, is the reason. It's part of the reason it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, this has got everything. Uh, it's got s some soft stuff that goes on, some... He just captures this feel of an incredible event that's happening. You've brought dinosaurs back to life into this theme park. It's really awesome, and then it gets terrifying. Yeah. I mean, there's look, there's the moment where he says, welcome to Jurassic Park, and you turn, and you you see the dinosaurs in the field, and the amazement on Jeff Goldblum's face and, and the other actors, it's accompanied by that amazing mm -hmm. score. Yeah. Um, and look, he also really hit on the suspense of that movie for sure. Mm -hmm. But you know, the main theme is just something that like I can play that I can play that track and just blast it through my house, and I love it. Mm -hmm. I love um, it. And then I want to say something about AI. That I mean, this entire movie, the score definitely meets the movie where it is. It's slow. It's draggy. And I want to point out when I was listening through this. The final track on this album, and if you could play this in post-production, it would be great. It's a nearly five-minute ballad. It's a duet between Laura Fabian and Josh Groban, and they sing throughout the whole thing. It's very weird and out of place. Um, <laughs> but it did get nominated for Best Original Song. Interesting. Um, good for Josh Groban. Mm -hmm. Good for um, you, Josh Groban. Yeah. Uh, let's go to our number six overall seed. And we're going to, instead of doing left side, right side of the bracket, we're going to go through the rankings. So jumping to the bottom right part of our bracket for our number six overall seed, we have Schindler's List, which um, I don't really know what part to play here, but just kind of playing what you can kind of hear in the background. A lot of violin, a lot of definitely a, um, a European somber, 1940s yes. somber theme. Um, and, uh, you know, again, this is another one that was, I believe, one. Uh, for best score. This is one of the... All of his five wins for the Academy Awards are top 10 ranked mm -hmm. in our bracket. Yeah, he um, won best score for in, at the Academy Awards. He won the Golden Globe for this. A ton of Grammys. They're, they're, this music is so fitting for this movie. It just... It matches it perfectly. Um, um, it's going up against our number 27 overall, which is The Adventures of Tintin. I believe it's the only animated one on this list. Yeah. Um, look, it's fun and matches an animated movie, but I don't think there's necessarily something so special about this that it's like launching it past like music you would hear in a Pixar movie. It's not memorable. I can tell you that. I, if you played Schindler's List, I could be like, that is Schindler's List. Yes. Uh, so I would have Schindler's List uh, beating Tintin. Yeah, I think that's that's an easy one right there. Let's go to our number seven overall seed. This is one that I know is um, dear to Steven's heart. Um, there's a lot of different tracks that you could choose from this. I'm just going to choose probably the most famous one. This is the original Star Wars prequel, um, Duel of Fates, which is maybe one of the best tracks that he's ever made. Mm -hmm. um, and when I did the Star Wars podcast, we literally said this is probably the best thing to come out of the prequels. Um, I, yeah, this is... this. He, he actually did some really good music for the prequels that made them somewhat redeemable. I, I mean, I like the prequels, but this song, Duel of the Fates, he also did Across the Stars in, I think that came out in the second episode, mm -hmm. and that was a really good, like a really great track that uh, backed up the Star Wars prequels. I would have the prequels beating Born on the 4th of yeah, July. Yeah, so Born on the 4th of July, um, great Tom Cruise movie, maybe one of his better performances. It's a good... Um, you know, like wartime score, but it's not one of the, look, there's probably 10 to 12 on this list where if you play it immediately within like five notes, I know what movie it's coming from. Mm -hmm. This is not one of those. I have granted, seen this movie, Granted, this yeah. is a good, this this particular track is a good track from the movie. It does have it's a little theme, bit right? of a Princess Leia theme in it, just well, a little bit. Rick, you know, with John Williams's music, you can hear like similarities between mm -hmm. a variety of, of uh, you, you can pick it out uh, and you can hear uh, similarities between a variety of movies that he does. Same with a lot of other composers. Yeah. So uh, easy move on, I think, for Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. um, 
could actually make a deep run because some of that music is really good. Let's do our eight seed, which is Memoirs of Geisha, I believe. Geisha? Geisha? Geisha. Um, don't know a ton about this. I know, I mean, it's definitely uh, more of an Asian influence. Um, it but won Grammy. I or so. it won a Golden Globe for Best Score and it won a bunch of Grammys. It got nominated for an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. I'll play a louder, bigger part. I will say this about Memoirs of a Geisha. The melody is not as memorable. I, I don't know that I could pick out the specific yeah. movie, but it's on- It's good supportive probably for the movie. Exactly phenom what it Phenomenally themed for the movie. And he has Yo-Yo Ma and Itzhak Perlman playing in every track of this. I mean, those those guys are world-renowned musicians. So I, yeah, know, hands... I, I think, um, so that's going up against yeah. The Book Thief, which um, I, I have not seen. Um, so the first time I heard this track was doing research for this. Um, it's really good, and if you look at some of the John Williams lists that are already out there, this is in the top 15 to top 20. Um, we have it as 25 on our list because simply I, I just didn't know much about it and listening to it, it's it's good, but it's not. I will say this, John great. Williams has this period down, this mm -hmm. Nazi Germany mm -hmm. Holocaust time period. He's He's done so many movies that are supposed to fit this time frame. The guy knows it. Yeah. It's uh, and he look, can match music to it. it, and it's really good. I, you know, I think I'll lean towards what actually won some awards, which was Memoirs of, of, of Geisha. Mm -hmm. um, Same. Again, I I'm terrible with pronunciations, so please please don't give me hate mail for that. It is Geisha. Let's go with our number <laughs> nine seed, Fiddler on the Roof, which is uh, one of his oldest ones. Um, look, now, this he, is this is you know a lot of this wasn't original. Um, material, but he basically adapted a lot of it for the film because this was a play long before it was a movie. Right. So he took he took the score, the original score for this musical, mm. and adapted it to the movie. And then what happened from there? It, he and he redid a bunch of it. Like he added and and rescored a lot of it, um, and made some different arrangements that were then after the movie came out, readapted mm -hmm. to the play. So he he like altered it. Yeah. And then when the musical went on, yeah. they just kept his music. Yeah, they're like, well, this is pretty good. We're going to go with that. Yeah. Um, that's going up against our 24 seed, which is Lincoln, which I there's a lot of different stuff going on in this. I'll just play a few sections here. Lincoln, while it's, while it's really good, there's really, to me, there's not anything really memorable about the score. It fits the movie really well, but I don't think, I think he had some nominations that came out of this, but he didn't win anything from it. Um, good movie, long movie. <laughs> um, I would say Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, that, while he didn't necessarily write that music, I, it's so good. And well, the man and did if it was service. So good, if it was so good that they literally took his adaptation moving forward. It was his musical. first Oscar, man. He got, he got an Oscar for original score. Yeah. So. Look, Lincoln's good war music for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fine, but it's not anything that special. I'd also like to point out that <laughs> the director of that movie was, his name was Norman Jewison. Jewison. That's an interesting name. Yeah. Let's go on to our next matchup. This is our 10 overall seed, which is, I think, a very, very memorable score. And that is Superman, which I will play now. And I don't think it's it's not... It's not just the main title. Obviously, that's the most important thing. But the love theme from Superman the is also theme. a really good song. Very good. So here's my thoughts on Superman. The Superman movies really blah okay, for me. That's that's blasphemy. It is not. That could be an argument for another day. And this is one of those movies for me where the music was better than the movie. And there's a few of these that John Williams is, is takes part in. And it the movie the music is extremely memorable, and it makes the movie in this case. Yeah, I. It's a great look. I'm listening to it right now, and it gets me hyped. It's yeah. great music, um, and I think you kind of have to separate the movie, at least for some of these. Um, yeah. it's, it should be an easy win as it's going up against Warhorse, which mm -hmm. was up for 
best uh, best picture, which is questionable um, <laughs> as far as the film. Um, again, you're talking about wartime, World War One, um, kind of that same time frame. That's it was good enough to get a musical made after it. Look, that's that's fine for that. It's Superman. Um, yeah, and not I don't think not memorable. Warhorse just I couldn't pick out a theme of Warhorse and, and be like, that's Warhorse. Let's go to uh, Harry Potter, which is our number 11 overall seed. And you got some very quiet in the background. Mm. I'm going to jump to a little bit louder just mm. so people can hear it. Um, a few anecdotes about Harry Potter. This is, to me, he did the first three films. Mm-hmm. And they the, used a lot of it going forward, though, obviously. Yeah, because he, I mean, the theme, the, the music to come from Harry Potter is so thematic and so tied to that movie to that movie brand Mm -hmm. it's it's so good and to me this is another one of those examples of where the music may have outplayed the movie to some extent wow i love the harry potter series wow but the the first film was really slow and I don't think it holds up quite as well as some of the later films. Well, I think it also. But he is didn't a stru- do the music for the later films. Well, it's also a struggle. You're talking about movies. You're talking about the child actors. I'm talking about the movies the themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As far as the music, which again he established what the theme is, and it was carried on throughout, even though yeah. he wasn't directly involved with the last five movies. Um, it's you. It's definitely one of those on this list where you hear just a few notes and you know exactly you know exactly what, you're listening what it to. is. Yeah. Um, this is going up against one of the oldest, uh, and I believe this, did this win an Oscar? It was definitely nominated. The Poseidon Adventure is our 22 seed. Um, and it's, I'd never heard it before. It's definitely good and interesting. Yeah, it was nominated for a bunch of stuff. Um, I like it. It's It's got that action-y kind of robust sound to it. Kind of sounds like Independence Day at times. A little bit. Um, it's good music, but it's not. It's no Harry Potter. No, I'll agree with that. So we'll move on there. Now our 12 overall seed, which is personally one of my favorites from childhood growing up, is Home Alone. Um, it's just very, <laughs> you know, it's very quirky in the background, ch- you know, children-like, having fun, bells. Uh-huh. I, I, I love the soundtrack. And then, you know, it obviously ramps up and gets... Crazier towards. I love this movie, uh, the Home Alone, the choir one and two. Movie. I love it. It's it's some of my favorite movies of all time. The I quick anecdote anecdote on Home Alone. So I was watching this series on Netflix called Movies That Made Us, and they do oh, an yeah, entire. I, I watched that. They do an episode on Home Alone, and they did like Die Hard and Ghostbusters. So they finished the movie, and this really stood out to me. When they finished Home Alone, the movie, the original music that they had for it did not fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Columbus, who's the director, was like, no, we can't do this. And the original composer, Bruce Broughton, he he did not end up doing the movie. Tough day for our guy, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) So they... The director and the crew, they joked about getting John Williams to do this goofy kids movie and Williams heard about it and he just agreed to score the movie and everyone who worked on the movie claims that the music is what made this movie. Now the movie- The movie's great. Great. Yeah. And it's- it's, Horrifically quotable. Yes. Horrifically in a good way. (laughs) It is going up against a much more serious movie, Munich, Mm -hmm. our 21 seed, Um, which look, it's got some great music. Munich is good. You know, it, this is a little bit later in the time frame, but yeah. also a very, um, you know, serious subject uh, yeah. from from that time period. Um, and it's good stuff. It's just um, I, I, Home Alone. I like I like the more playful and the more epic genres of music. Yeah, that he does. as a as Jewish guy, yeah, Munich really hit home for me. Uh, he. Williams writes this incredible arrangement of Hatikva, which is the Israeli, mm-hmm. um, it's the Israeli national anthem. It's gorgeous, and the Munich music is great, but the movie Home Alone f- f- made it's, more money. It stands out a lot not, more. It's not, it, the, it's it, not about it's that. It's with though. me through my, you know day in day out through my life. You know, give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. Kevin's not here. But what is your favorite movie score? Uh, I, I'm i going to tip to Munich slightly. Really? I'll, I'll let you... Uh, 
but I, I won't be surprised. I, 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 it wouldn't hurt me if Home Alone went through. You know, and maybe it's just because you know this movie came out when we were kids and it's more memorable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think the Munich soundtrack is great. And look, we're going to get into tougher matchups now. These are closer matchups, uh, 12 versus 21. Mm-hmm. But again, one of those that I immediately recognize yeah. where this is coming from. And I, I hear it and I see the movie. I'm not so sure I hear correct you know excerpts of Munich and I can immediately see Daniel Craig or whatever. Yeah. Or Eric Bana. Um, okay, so let's go home alone. I'm going to overrule you a little bit on that one. Let's jump to our 13 overall seed. I know you said going into this, this was going to be a tougher matchup. This is Close Encounters, our 13 seed. Man, this is, to me, this is the toughest first round matchup you have on this list. Close Encounters, the main theme is memorable. You know what movie it's coming from. The the score is like it's really creepy well, and, and it's um and it's it's a th- suspenseful it's what i like about it is like you know you have the the notes that the spaceship is playing mm-hmm. that is is haunting and throughout the entire movie but then you get to this epic score at the end and i don't know if we'll get to the actual part here but where it's using those notes but in a more epic way yeah and it's awesome yeah, and um, there's a track in the film score where they actually do the back and forth between the ship and mm-hmm. the the people in the booth, and Williams wrote that, yeah. and it's 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 really fun. And it makes the movie look. The music had to make this movie yeah. because it's such an important part of the alien communication. And if you listen to sort of the beginning of the theme of this song, mm-hmm. it got these screechy strings and brass bell tones that are really suspenseful and creepy, and it's it's fun. Um, the music really helped this movie. The movie was great. So this is going up against one of the Star Wars movies, which you could you could argue that the Star Wars as a whole, the entire saga, is his pinnacle, um, which I guess we will argue since the original it Star is. Wars trilogy is the number one overall seed. Um, this is Ray's theme, which is, you know, I would say I, I put this as weaker as the 20 seed, the last three movies of Star Wars, because... It's not quite as memorable as stuff you get in the prequels and certainly not the original trilogy. Um, and then you also have um, Kylo Ren's theme, which is, I think, really mm-hmm. good, too. Really good. Um, those are the two core characters, I think, of the the back half of the trilogy. You, so. all, you also have the track where, like, at the end of the fir- of Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, where she's going up the steps of that of that island yep. and she's, she sees Luke. I mean, the that theme that's going on right there is really good. In the last Jedi movie, I, I, you know, I noted that the Fathiers segment, while I completely did not like that part of the movie, yeah, the music for it was great. And Finn and Rose theme is really good. Um, the, and but the there's just a lot of stuff here. Ver- so you're talking about three movies going up against one movie. Yeah, you know, that's going to be a discussion as we move forward um, with because we have another trilogy on here that we haven't talked about yet that we will. Um, I think it's Close Encounters. The reason I have it ranked so much higher than than the Star Wars trilogy is that I do think that without the music in mm-hmm. Close Encounters, or, and without without specifically the music that John Williams did for this, like you could have really royally screwed up that movie by doing the wrong tune. The I music, mean, literally, the aliens are communicating through music. Yeah, and I, you know that's a really really good point. I was really leaning towards Star the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that was kind of that would take it away from me, um, that takes away from the Star Wars trilogy is the third movie, The Rise of Skywalker. It's really a mishmash of themes that we that we've already heard over time, and he's just kind of throwing it back in there, kind of almost haphazardly, and there's really not a lot of new there. Um, I have to agree with you with Close Encounters. You you changed my mind. Yep, let's go Close Encounters. Look, my rankings are good. What can I say? Um, let's go to our 14 overall seed. Uh, I, you know, maybe this this was like the worst ranked seed on the Steven Spielberg movies, which I thought was blasphemy. I really enjoy the movie Hook, um, and I really enjoy the soundtrack. Um, it's, again, one that I can hear for just a little bit, and I know where I'm at when I hear the music and I'm like, Captain Hook's around. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, and this is one of those where I literally can skip around and we can hear all of those different ones. The melodies from Hook are phenomenal, and, and this is another one. I, I 
really love this movie. It came out when we were kids. I have a nostalgia for it. I don't think if I'm thinking objectively about the movie itself, this is one where the music might be better than the movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I like the movie more than others, but like, yeah, it's yeah. so good. I love, I, this, this um, soundtrack is so phenomenal. It's going against Amistad, which, you know, has, it has good music. Um, it's definitely yeah. right for the movie and is definitely different than a lot of what he does. Yeah. Um, it's just to me. And again, a lot of these are more our childhood and a little bit aimed towards like things that we saw in a really impressionable time in our lives. Yeah. But I, I think Hook is very, very diverse as far as the, yes. the difference in those songs and the different, like I can immediately hear a song and know we're with the Lost Boys. I can hear a song and know that we are arriving in Neverland mm -hmm. or Peter Pan is is back. Like it's just, I, I can hear certain songs and know which scene of the movie we're in. And I think that is what you're looking for in a movie score. I agree. I agree completely. Okay, let's do Hook, and we'll get to listen to some more of that as we go deeper into the tournament. Let uh, We have two more matchups in our first round. First is our 15 seed, Saving Private Ryan. Um, good. It's good, good stuff. Good great war. Great movie. Yeah. Good score to go along with it. Um, I will say nothing. There's no melody in it that I particularly recognize if you were just yeah. to play it out of nowhere maybe yeah. the begin maybe this part right yeah. here at the very it's beginning. not it's not band of brothers like band the, i don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen band of brothers the uh which is another spielberg tom hanks thing um for hbo that score is something like i literally bought and i had yeah. like this is it's good um it's not it's not his best um Empire of the Sun is what it's going up against. The 18 seed, the Christian Bale's coming out party back in the uh, 80s. This this is a much more memorable score in my opinion, and I'm gonna put Empire of the Sun over Saving Private Ryan. I'm fine um, with that. I like the score. I, 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 I think not, the score is really good. I, I it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, um, but the score is really good. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll talk about it too much, though, because it's going to lose in the next round, but we'll get For to that sure. in a minute. Um, <laughs> all right, 16 seed is The Patriot, which, if I can find, um, I have the track from the final battle, which I think is a little bit more memorable. Um, the Patriot, um, not a huge Mel Gibson fan, but uh, this, uh, <laughs> I, this track's okay. I uh, think that this score is actually really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um and I actually will have it beat, me personally, I would have it beating Catch Me If You Can. There's some, So Catch Me If You Can is an interesting piece of John Williams' career. It's it's definitely weird compared he, to a lot of his stuff. Well, this is like a much jazzier movie score, which he doesn't, he's not particularly known for. And he did a good job, but he only wrote like four tracks in this movie. Yeah. And um, the rest of it is like stuff that already existed, like uh, Frank Sinatra, Come Fly With Me, and The Girl from Ipanema. That, he didn't do anything with that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, yeah. got a, it's got some good tracks, but The Patriot, the entire score is really good. And I actually, while I'm not a huge Mel Gibson fan, I actually really liked that movie. It was, it was a good movie. Good uh, good uh, Lucius Malfoy performance mm -hmm. <laughs> as, as the uh, villain. Um, okay, so we are into the Sweet 16. Um, we've talked about all but our top four, where we have our number one overall seed, the original Star Wars trilogy versus our 16 seed, The Patriot. Our number two overall seed is E.T. That'll go up against our 18 seed, Empire of the Sun. Our number three seed is the Indiana Jones trilogy going up against our 14 seed, Hook. Our number... Four seed, Jaws versus Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Interesting enough, back-to-back -back Spielberg movies there. Five seed, Jurassic Park versus 12 seed, Home Alone. Six seed, Schindler's List versus 11 seed, Harry Potter. Seven seed, Star Wars prequels versus 10 seed, Superman. And lastly, Memoirs of Geisha versus Fiddler on the Roof. So we only had one actual upset by seeds in the first round. Let's get into our Sweet 16. The original Star Wars trilogy... Um, which is going to be a tough, tough out in general in this tournament. Um, you hear this music. It's been used in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As you sent me links, they used this music and made different uh, Family Guy themes in yeah. those parody episodes. Um, there's a lot 
more than just the main title as well, obviously. Um, there's quieter moments. There's darker moments. Um, we haven't even gotten into what happens in the second movie, which is... Oh, my God. The... Um... The Imperial March, which is the, which is what Iconic. we're hearing now. Also, a phenomenal piece of music that he wrote in Empire was the scene where they're going through the asteroids. Mm -hmm. um, really exciting stuff. So, uh, look, Patriot was really good, but it's not beating this. So, I think we can move on, and we'll talk more about Star Wars um, going forward. Good run. One, one round by the uh, Patriots, a, a Kansas Jayhawks performance in the tournament. Um, okay. <laughs> Two overall seed. Um, might, if, if I just had to pick one just out of thin air, it's this could be my favorite overall. Um, I know that might be blasphemy for some. Um, E.T. is incredible. E.T. is incredible. The... the Let's see if I can get the moment. Where's the that track? What track is that? The chase track... There's like a 15-minute right track where it starts where they escape. They escape the uh, where they yeah. where ET you know was in the hospital under quarantine, <laughs> which we can all relate to. Might be right here. They they go out on the bikes. They're being chased. They and they get away. They, when they lift go up, in the air. They lift in the air, and then the and then the ship comes down in the woods, and he gets on the ship. The closing 20 minutes of that movie and the music with it is, is some just of the best so music good. ever written for a movie combined with some of the best bar none too. yeah it's um i'd put it up there with almost anything but i mean the instantly the recognizable is, oh god i mean i'm gonna be all over the place talking about it i just love it mm -hmm. um empire of the sun again good track it's not et um <laughs> let's go to our number three seed which is in the conversation i think for the best work he's ever done indiana jones you know, it's sad that it's going up against Hook. I love Hook so much, but I Indiana know. Jones has too many good things going for it. And it's not just this Raiders March theme. No, it's There's not. There's so much. Uh, it, won Gram it won Grammys. It was nominated for Should've Academy Awards. Should have won Oscars. Um, you know, Raiders Raiders had this theme, The you know, the opening to Indiana Jones. They had the slow love theme mm -hmm. um, in that movie was great. And then you've got Temple of Doom, the Temple of Doom theme. Again, a little Princess Leia theme in this. Yeah, there is some of that. Can you, do you have the uh, Temple, Temple no, of Doom? No, I don't have any of the Temple of Doom tracks, unfortunately. I know that, there's some really good stuff, especially uh, like, and when they're in the... Uh, the like Parade the rail, of the Slave Children and, and the, the rail, rail cart scene. Uh, Last Crusade had some great stuff, too. Mm -hmm. uh, the Scherzo. The Nazi March is like that whole, like, their version of the Imperial March basically is really excellent, I think. Yeah, they also had that slow... The, I don't know what you would call it, but it's the theme between Indy and his father at the end, like when uh, he pours the the, uh, the, go the the goblet on his dad. The, yeah. the little theme that's going the on right there is really, really good. Yeah. Um, it's Indiana Jones. I love Hook. I think Hook could beat a lot and make it to the Elite Eight in other matchups. Mm -hmm. um, it's unfortunate that it ran up against Indiana Jones. Sorry, Hook. Um, let's go to our number four overall seed that we haven't talked about yet. Um obviously maybe the most iconic um just because it's like two to three notes the mm -hmm. entire time um and you could argue that the movie is a flop without the music because the suspense of not seeing the shark which let's see if we can get to there we go the suspense of not seeing the shark and you have to have the music be the shark mm -hmm. basically um is so essential to this movie and launches the relationship with Steven Spielberg for a lot of these films. Mm -hmm. um, it's going up against Close Encounters, which is probably more diverse. Um, but I think you could argue, we argued in the last round that Close Encounters was essential for the movie. I think you could argue that Jaws is even more essential for the movie's success. Yeah, one, the Jaws score won the Academy Award for Best Original Score, won a Golden Globe, won Grammys, won BAFTAs. If you listen to the score, and I'm not talking about just the theme, the, the shark theme, but mm -hmm. which is phenomenal and truly frightening and heart racing, but the entire body of work, like the entire score, is really good. Yeah. Um, and it, and it is. There are some differing pieces that go with different scenes, but man, the way that he has, he's just emoting ocean waves and it's it's truly frightening it's jaws is one of my 
favorite movies period of all time. And it doesn't work without the music because, you know, they had to adapt when they couldn't get the shark to work. It ended up working in their favor because you didn't see the shark till towards the end. And mm -hmm. that made the movie better. But it wouldn't have worked without the music being the shark. Like I said, that you had to have something that was truly frightening. And it's amazing how simple it was. And the creativity in his mind to make it so simple that it was frightening was awesome. Um so Jaws beats Close Encounters. That's obviously really tough for Close Encounters. Another one that could have easily been in our Elite Eight. Um, our five-seed Jurassic Park versus our 12-seed Home Alone. Um, we've already listened to both of these tracks. Um, I love Home Alone, but it's Jurassic Park. It is Jurassic by, Park. By a mile. Yeah. Um, you know, good childish theme and perfect for the movie Home Alone, but Jurassic Park is iconic. And again, it's it's there's so many different parts of that where you hear the music and you see the scene. Yeah. Um, six, you know, one way to gauge some of these is yeah. <laughs> if Family Guy is having Peter sing the song himself, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, there's something memorable about about it for sure. Um, so six seed Schindler's List against eleven seed Harry Potter. Um, this is this is tough. Um, so like Schindler's List, probably the pinnacle, and definitely won an Oscar. Harry Potter didn't. Um, Schindler's List is the pinnacle of that genre that he he mastered, of you know the wartime World War Two um, somber. Whereas Harry Potter is more adventure mystery. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, he's got some better adventure ones with Indiana Jones, I think, and Jurassic Park, um, but. The Harry Potter stuff is more diverse. It's it's way more diverse. Um, I would say after some of these these movies had come out, the first two, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, bands like kids bands, uh, sixth grade bands, all the way through high school, were playing this music. Marching bands, all of it. I mean, it is so embedded now in American pop culture. And again, it's one it's one of those things when you hear the Harry Potter theme, and it's not even like the main theme, when you hear some of the other pieces, mm -hmm. themes that are going on in the movie, yeah. you, they're instantly recognizable. Well, it's like, uh, I think, uh, I heard another track, and I, I don't have it to play, but like when he's leaving Hogwarts at the end of the first movie, yeah. and it's like you immediately hear that music, and you can place where it's at, and like there's the theme for Hogwarts, there's the theme for like, you know, different houses and everything. It's, it's um, especially like, when you get into the darker themes of the Alfonso Curion Prisoner of Azkaban movie, which mm -hmm. he still did there, there were some great tracks in that. So if yeah. you're looping in everything he's done for Harry Potter, even if you're just looking at the first movie, it's more diverse than what he did for Schindler's And Sons. I will say this, we, we've we grouped some of the movies together, trilogies like Star Wars, the various Star Wars trilogies, and, mm -hmm. and Indiana Jones and Harry Potter will benefit from that. Um, but the music is so good. And, and yes, there's more music to be had, yeah. but it's still very, very good. I think if you just took Sorcerer's Stone and you and you didn't say this was a trilogy, I still think it probably inches out Schindler's List in this matchup. Yeah, I, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, the second Harry Potter movie, Chamber of Secrets, mm -hmm. the Phoenix theme, Fox the Phoenix. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, okay, so upset there with our 11 seed moving on. That could be our only double-digit seed that makes it to our lead eight. Let's go to our 7 seed, the Star Wars prequels, versus the 10 seed, Superman. Um, I think you're going to lean on Star Wars prequels on this one. Yep. Why? Um, there's more to work with. There's, I mean, some really good pieces of music and, and melodies came out of these prequels. Uh I, I mean, I'm, they're not my favorite of the Star Wars movies, but Superman's not my favorite group of movies either. Yeah, that's, I think what's I, tough about this is that Superman, that theme is more iconic and more memorable than any individual track that you get in the Star Wars prequels that wasn't already in Star Wars. Like, I, Dual I Fates, disagree. But Dual Fate, look, Dual Face is incredible, but like... I think if you played both of these for the average man on the street, more people are going to be able to point out that what's the Superman theme. I don't know. I don't. Superman's kind of old. It's 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 older. I don't know that folks in their twenties, even some folks in their thirties, are going to recognize Superman. But I will say this: when I was a camp counselor mm -hmm. at Green, at Green uh, one summer, I had a younger group of kids, like nine and ten year olds, mm -hmm. and I would have them pillow fight. We did a pillow fight night, and 
where they would just duel each other. And I, I would play the Duel of Fates track, and those kids were so pumped up to beat the heck out of each other with those pillows. Yeah. Uh, it was a very fun memory. Uh, podcast producer Justin, are you in the house? Can you hear what's going on right now? Uh, do you Have you heard the Superman theme before? Yes. So, like, I mean, he's... He's ten, almost ten years younger than us. You know this theme. What would you say on this? Just so you know, I know you don't have a mic, but just off the top of your mind, Star Wars prequels versus Superman. Yeah. All right, Star Wars it is. I, I mean, I did have it as a seven seed, so I can't disagree too much. That was part of my rankings. Um, let's go eight. <laughs> Memoirs of Geisha versus Fiddler on the Roof. Um, again, Memoirs is completely original. He created. Um, mm-hmm. Fiddler on the Roof, he adapted, but mm-hmm. they did take it on to and change their play based on what he wrote. So um, this is tough. I probably have more emotional connection, obviously, with our heritage and everything to Fiddler, and it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are sing- completely singable songs. I I think this is the one where I'm going to leave objectiveness to the side here mm-hmm. and subjectively say Fiddler on the Roof. Geisha, it's good work of music. Um, he used those two phenomenal um, artists to be in his score. But yeah. I, I, I could not pick it out if I'm just walking down the street. Yeah. I cannot pick that movie I, out. Look, Fiddler on the Roof, I think, is it's more fun. Like It's nice to have like a musical representation for him in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't make it out of the Elite Eight as uh, we're in our Elite Eight. And here's our number one overall seed, Star Wars versus our nine seed, Fiddler on the Roof. So minor upset there. Two seed, E.T. versus seven seed, Star Wars prequels. Three seed, Indiana Jones versus 11 seed, our biggest upset so far, Harry Potter. And our four seed, Jaws versus our five seed, Jurassic Park. This is when we get down to the nitty gritty. These are going to be really, really, really difficult. I don't think our first two matchups will be as difficult as our last two. Star Wars versus Fiddler on the Roof. It's Star Wars. Um, it was a good run by Fiddler, but uh, any last words for Fiddler before we move on? Tradition. <laughs> Tradition. Um, okay. E.T. versus Star Wars prequels, our two versus seven seed. Um, I think this is where I'm going to have to put a stop to your Star Wars prequels run. <laughs> um, I'll e- agree with you. E.T. is some of the best best music he's done. There's a reason it's the two seed. Um, I... But like you said, the closing 15 to 20 minutes that is carried by the score, because a lot of it is happening with no dialogue. Mm -hmm. Um, That chase sequence to them lifting off to the spacecraft arriving is incredible. Um, And that alone, if you just took that portion out and said called that its own thing in the bracket, could win. Yeah. Um, So good run by Star Wars prequels. You still Star Wars. You still get a rep in the final four. Uh, Let's get to our three seed, the Indiana Jones trilogy slash plus four and movie five eventually verse um <laughs> which john williams will be he's slated to compose it whenever whenever and whatever yeah. that's going to be um so indiana jones versus harry potter uh i i lean towards indiana jones i just think it's it's more iconic it's it's um overall it's more it's more adventurous and more fun whereas harry potter's a little bit more mystery they're both really good they're in the elite eight they deserve to be here um, but if you were to say, hey, pick out your the best John Williams scores of all time, I feel like almost everyone would have Indiana Jones on their list if they know anything about it. Yeah, Indiana John Jones, the, all three movies were phenomenal and, and very well scored to the sequences of those movies. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, how come that one didn't win in your trilogies? Uh, it was a weird day. Okay. Um, I Look, I love Back to the Future, and I think if I re-record that podcast on – Eight or nine out of ten days, Indiana Jones wins that matchup. Um, Just a, I think I got the vibe from my my guest that day that Mm -hmm. he was a huge Back to the Future fan, and I found someone that was also a huge Back to the Future fan, and we just kind of let that carry us and got a little carried away. Uh, Okay, the bracketologist is not perfect. Uh, Four Jaws versus five Jurassic Park, the toughest matchup we've had so far, definitely. Yeah, uh, but I do think we will agree that it's Jurassic Park. It is definitely Jurassic Park. Um, it just there's more to it, yeah. And the mute, which doesn't always isn't always best. Sometimes simple is great, and it worked so well for Jaws. Um, Jurassic Park did not win an Oscar, right? Um, God, it should have. What won that year? Ugh, 
Who who won the best yeah, picture? Yeah, well, who no? Who won a best original score in the year that Jurassic Park was up? So that would have been the 1994 Oscars. Who else was in? Uh, I'm trying to remember what other movies were. Was Forrest Gump in that group? Um, maybe I'm gonna look it up right now. Will you just go off a little bit on? Yeah, let's talk makes, about it. What makes Jurassic Park so iconic it's, for you? Because you're, you're pairing gorgeous music, it flows, it has extremely memorable melody, um, and he's switching between strings and brass, and um, it's just a fantastic, like, fantasy type of piece. And then you get into this, um, the brass kind of come in, and when the helicopter's coming down to land, they, they pair it with that scene um, in front of the the Hawaiian Falls, mm -hmm. I mean, Island Nublar, I believe. <laughs> yes. But um, it's just a great, John Williams is a great mixture of wonderful fantasy music mixed with terrifying action. So uh, absolute blasphemy, the 66th Academy Awards, Jurassic Park was not nominated for Best Original Score. Mm. Um, John Williams won for Schindler's List. Remember, oh, Schindler's, Schindler's List, List and Jurassic yeah, Park yeah. were the same year. Steven Spielberg, yeah. oh, you are the king. That um, reminds me, if, if you look at some... <laughs> so in 2002, this is... I mean, obviously, this is 93, 92? Uh, but, 93. But there are some years, like the 2002, John Williams spits out Star Wars Attack of the Clones... By George, with George Lucas, Minority Report, that whole score with Steven Spielberg, Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets with Chris Columbus, and Catch Me If You Can with Spielberg again. He's That's a he's, four he's a blockbuster movies in that one year. And then he does another one in 2005 with four other blockbuster movies um, where he's getting nominated for all, a whole bunch of stuff. hotter than the burning sun itself. Um, <laughs> it's just incredible. Now, I will say, best original score, The Age of Innocence, Elmer Bernstein, The Firm by Dave Grusin. The Fugitive, James Newton Howard, and The Remains of the Day by Richard Robbins. I don't know if the Academy just didn't want John Williams to be nominated twice, um, but like it is absolute blasphemy that Jurassic Park was not nominated. That's ridiculous. Um, okay, so Jurassic Park over Jaws. Closing thoughts on Jaws. Um, the most simple score out of everything, again, the main theme. There were other parts of the movie that were great. Um, that were more complicated. But being able to create something so simple that was so scary, that was so perfect to represent the shark made that movie and made Steven Spielberg's career because without Jaws, maybe Spielberg doesn't become Spielberg. I think it's funny that Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and Jurassic Park were all in the same bracket because they're all like action, fantasy, sci-fi, well, kind mean, of look, all in that realm. You've got Indiana Jones, Hook, and Harry Potter all yeah, on the same true. side, too. So it's, it's a lot. Look, he did a lot with Spielberg, and that's very Spielberg genre. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got E.T., Star Wars, and Superman on one side of this. Um, so let's get to our final four, which is um, our top three seeds and our number five seed. We have Star Wars versus Jurassic Park. We have E.T. versus Indiana Jones. Um I think we can play these again as we're back in the final four. So uh, starting with Star Wars, the main title, maybe I'll skip a little forward. We'll listen to just a slightly different part as we talk about Star Wars. Um, obviously, there's an advantage here for Star Wars. Larger body of work. Larger body of work. Um, I would say more iconic in the sense that it's been played around with more there's more movies that have spawned off of this that's been parodied more than the Jurassic Park theme. Um, if you had to just isolate one part of one theme, I might say that I think the Jurassic Park theme, in my opinion, is slightly better yeah. than the Star Wars theme. Um, it's not necessarily like a fanfare, but it's just... I just... It's... I don't know what it is about it, but I love it. More. I love it too. I, if we're talking about like the theme to Jurassic Park on its own with any individual theme of Star Wars, I, I would probably pick Jurassic Park over but, Star Wars. But, but we're talking about movie scores, and even if you just isolated A New Hope or just isolated Empire Strikes Back by itself, I would say that A, the multiple themes, you get Yoda's mm -hmm. theme. You got the Jedi theme, you know, like 
during oh, that binary suns. Well, and Obi-Wan's theme. Uh -huh. yeah, 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 It's so good. And then Leia's theme. And then you even have, like, in Jedi, you've got that Luke and Leia theme that goes together. That is so good. It, there's just, there's too much to overcome. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, our final four here, you can say Jurassic Park is, it's got multiple movies that use the music. Um, but... Uh, I couldn't pick out another theme yeah. from any uh, other... I would Jurassic say you kind of consider that more an individual movie with the music along with E.T. being an individual movie. And then you also have, maybe it's a little bit unfair that these are matched up against each other because you have Star Wars that has multiple movies and tracks to choose from and also Indiana Jones. Um, that's the way the brackets fall. Yeah. And look, I we just didn't want this to become a 60-seat bracket and breaking out the individual movies was... Frankly, it was going to be more labor than what we wanted to go through. <laughs> so Star Wars trilogy, the original trilogy, advances to our championship. Um, this, I think this might now be the toughest matchup that we've had so far. Because even though E.T. is a singular movie, um, it is so far and away great um, and carries the back half of the movie. And it is some of John Williams' best work by far. But again, it's going up against Indiana Jones that has so much to play with, with the difference you get in the Temple of Doom. Um, and then, you know, the Raiders theme, the Nazi theme in Last Crusade. Uh, you can hear, like I said, both of these movies and both of these franchises, you can hear certain tracks and know where we're at in the movies. Yeah, like in E.T., I know just the when the music is playing, when E.T. is getting drunk or when the scene where Elliot is dissecting frogs and then he lets all the frogs loose. Like mm -hmm. I know the music to those scenes by heart and they're, it's different from the normal ET theme. It just, it's all so good. But Indiana Jones to me, there's, there's just more so good. Yeah. So and, we'll listen real quick, just as we're yeah. talking about it, you know, the peak part of ET when they're on the chase and they're on the bikes and they're running. I, I, as far as like singular moments out of everything in the bracket, I'm not sure if that can be surpassed. Correct. Um, I agree. But if you're looking at body of work and that there's just more going on and more choices, which is part but of more being a movie good score. choices, more good choices. I mean, it's a lot of these different Indiana Jones tracks can stand on their own. Um, it's not just this theme. Again, it's the love theme that you get with Indiana Jones. It's, um, I just pulled um, the main title track really from Raiders, um, but like what you get from like in Last Crusade when they finish with the Holy Grail and they're riding off into the sunset and you just, you know, kick it back up where you're just hearing the trumpets go. It's just perfect. It's perfect. So, I, so again, with the final four, I would say E.T. and Jurassic Park have my, in terms of individual themes, like the main themes for those movies, I think those two are stronger. Yeah, and, and you know, there, it may be a, a completely different bracket where we're just going main title theme, and, and it's not just John Williams, just main title theme, let's go through the best 32. Those two probably also make the final four. Mm -hmm. There's probably a really good chance that happens. Um, but you can say the same thing really about the Star Wars and the Indiana Jones themes as well. Yeah, there's just too much good. There's, there's too many good parts to Star Wars and too many good parts to Indiana Jones, and you have to take in that entire body of work. Okay, here it is. Championship matchup. This is probably where a lot of people thought this would end up, even if they didn't know what the uh, bracket seedings would be. What do you think? Star Wars versus Indiana Jones. It's definitely a damn good, iconic trilogy matchup. What's funny is that um, I believe Star Wars was the one seed and Indiana Jones was the three seed in my trilogies bracket, mm -hmm. and both of them lost in the final four. Mm -hmm. Um this probably, on the right day, should have been the championship matchup in the movie trilogies, and here we are with John Williams' movie score. So that just tells you how strong John Williams is, is that his movies, along with Spielberg and George Lucas, are some of the best movie making of all time. Yeah, so, both of these both of these trilogies, I could sit down. If, the, if you're just flipping through channels on TV, if I saw it, I would stop immediately. On any one of those three movies from mm -hmm. Star Wars or any one of those three movies from Indiana Jones. And now it's scary because with streaming platforms, I've got Indiana Jones on Netflix and Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. I'm just waiting. I am waiting till my son is old enough that I can enjoy these movies with him. Yeah. 
And there's a yeah, the, you say I have a lot on this list. Of when can I start reading Harry Potter books with my daughter? Um, yeah, does she have to be two or three years old? I don't know, but we'll start then. <laughs> um, okay, so Star Wars, Indiana Jones. I don't think you can go wrong with either of these choices. I would say that historically, if you're talking about these IP and their legacy, and especially the music legacy, it probably has to be Star Wars. I'm also going to lean Star Wars. There's just there's more. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. I think you have it's more iconic to a degree in terms of just people straight out knowing what this music is, what it's from. You hear the main title and you're expecting to see the crawl. Yeah, it's, exactly. That's and then like the crawl ends and it turns into a space. little bit more space twilighty and we're panning down and you you can hear that exact moment. You the different themes for the different players with Obi Wan and Luke and mm -hmm. Leia. And then what you get in Empire Strikes Back with Yoda and, of course, the Imperial March. It's just all so iconic and so brings you back to that time of the first time you saw those movies and matches up perfectly with this world building and creating this universe. You know, it's very different than Indiana Jones, while it is creating a universe and this alternate reality where you have this architect superhero or archaeologist superhero. Um, it's, it's still on present day earth or you know historical earth and it could have been real life mm -hmm. and it was great support for that adventure god i hope i hope opening an arc does not melt my face i hope that's not real life it depends on the arc my <laughs> by friend. the way depends on the arc <laughs> um my favorite one of my favorite movie lines of all time comes out of indiana jones <laughs> in the last crusade where that where that paladin the knight at the end goes he chose poorly oh, we, we we use that when we talk to each other all the time um but uh, you know, transverse from that, Star Wars, he, his music helped create this world in space that mm -hmm. was completely a fantasy, com and but like built it to where it doesn't feel like a fantasy. You feel like you could be a part of the Star Wars universe. And I think the music was really, really important for that. And the different themes are just incredible. And when the new, the newer Star Wars movies were coming out, they use the original Star Wars themes for the most part to in the in the previews. And man, did that give me goosebumps. Yeah, it's just it's it's fantastic. And I think if we look it up, um like I it might be like a platinum album as far as like people like buying that CD like after the movie came out. And I don't think you can say that about a lot of movie scores. Mm -hmm. Um Let's see if I can find that really quick. Um, Star Wars soundtrack. Um, it's I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. It was it peaked at number the main title peaked at number ten on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1977. That's pretty incredible, I think. Um, yeah, it's like it's not that often that you get like a movie score and people are like going out and buying the album to like listen at home that much yeah. to where like it literally sold millions of copies. Um, maybe I'll put it in the description when I actually find how many it's sold. I, you know, one last thing about John Williams before we're done here today that I would say is, you know, when you're, you do icebreakers and stuff when you're at events or whatnot and people, there, sometimes the icebreaker is, if there's anyone dead, uh, alive or, or, dead from the past that you could meet and have a conversation with or have a meal with, who would it be? And since like eighth grade, ninth grade for me, it has been John Williams. I would love to meet him, sit down, pick his brain, ask him questions. That That is someone who means a lot to me in my life and um, has made an impact on me. Um, interesting. The Phantom Menace peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, six. Force Awakens 5, but Star Wars A New Hope peaked at number, oh, that was back, the Hot 100 didn't happen until 97, so the re-release of it peaked at 49. Um, look, it's John Williams is fantastic at what he does, and he's still going strong on like some of the music he's done in the last 10 years has still been fantastic. Uh, I think we came to the right answer with Star Wars. It's just too deep of a bench uh, of you know any any sound that you can really pull that he produced for the original Star Wars trilogy, 
still holds up. And uh, Indiana Jones was a great competitor in the championship, but it was just uh, just pulled away there in the fourth quarter. Star Wars. Uh, Steven, this was a pleasure. I think uh, we got a lot of flack for some of our ice cream flavor choices. <laughs> um, my mother-in-law screamed at me about peppermint um, not going deeper in the bracket. I got a lot of coffee feedback like how could you do that to coffee and i agree coffee's great i think i also got some real strong hate that we eliminated strawberry in the first round like you didn't have any fruit past the first whatever round. i was like okay um <laughs> i think this will be hopefully uh our john williams bracket will be accepted a little bit more i think it went a little bit more chalk but um you know that's that's how it goes sometimes sometimes yep. if you go chalk in your ncaa bracket you will win the pool mm -hmm. uh steven appreciate you coming on thanks ben until next time.